as we go into the world of the hater. This is the Rich Eisen Show. I don't know what happened between Patrick Beverly and Chris Paul, but it is not cool between the two. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. CP can't guard nobody, man. What we call cone. The Rich Eisen Show. What does the cone do? Stay still. Exactly. Today's guests. CBS Sports broadcaster Jim Nance, Basketball Hall of Famer Chris Bosch, host of the Greenlight Podcast, Chris Long, plus author Alan Shipnuck. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Yes, sir. Here we are on a very busy Tuesday on the Rich Eisen Show. Please join us here on this program on Peacock and Sirius XM, Rich Eisen Show, Terrestrial Radio Network, Coast to Coast, the Odyssey app, or uh, anybody out there listening or viewing, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial over the next three hours. We say hello to our podcast listeners, wherever you may be, whenever you may be listening to this show on the Cumulus Podcast Network. You can acquire us all three hours of the Rich Eisen Show where all podcasts are acquired. Our YouTube stream is there for anybody who may miss anything. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. Over 413 thousand subscribers now to our cumulus podcast uh to our uh, youtube uh um uh, page and of course uh, if you want to subscribe to our podcast we, we always welcome that uh chris brockman good hey, to see you sir how what's are up, you over up? there I'm great good, good, good to and, and and anybody who's watching on peacock today will know that chris is absolutely here in the studio and not in front of a green screen, because if he was, he'd be completely <laughs> invisible. I don't know what you've decided to put on today. I know it's a Celtic green Tuesday. You got the Celtic shoes on for the Eastern <laughs> Conference Finals. It begins tonight. Let's go. Uh, in Miami. Good to see you, DJ Mikey D. Good is to see you, nuts in his position. TJ Jefferson is lighting the candle, which means we have officially begun our program. How are you doing, TJ? I'm good. You know that bald barbershop video that we made? Yes. Yeah. Well, the other day in the YouTube comments, somebody was like, I wonder what TJ has under that bandana. I bet not much. So Is that why you're letting it flow today? 21 years of dreadlock growth, bro. That's all I got growing under the bandana. But you have a good day. All right. Wow. What a what a I way mean, to start! I mean, it's close. It's getting dude, close to just, a Stevie Wonder situation. Go, hey, look, <laughs> listen, Chris. You can grow any hair. You talk to me, okay? I can grow look, hair. Look, look, look. That don't, was aggressive. I, one more time, I'll tell you. Don't listen to Patrick Beverly in our comments, okay? <laughs> Don't listen to him. No, He's just you, there to hate. I'm the social me- media grand maester. I have to read the social media, I and sometimes why, people why make is comments. Pat Bev commenting don't, don't on the Rich Eisen Show I'm YouTube I'm feeling page. a certain don't, way today, Rich. Don't and, read the comments. And, and I'll tell you why later. Don't, don't, don't you're sipping comments. tea, or just sit you back know? and enjoy. Uh, <laughs> Eastern Co- Is it Eastern Conference Finals or Final? Eastern Conference Finals. Finals? But in hockey, but it's... NBA it's fi- I can't keep track. It's Stanley Cup Final. No, NBA right? Finals... Okay. Stanley Cup final. Is final. that what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eastern no Conference finals tonight. Game in Miami. one in Miami. Let's go. Miami and the Celtics uh, once again locking horns, locking wits. It's the fourth time since 2010 that yeah. they've played each other in playoffs. Last time was in the bubble when the Heat uh, won in six, and I said, don't break this team up for Giannis. <laughs> and the Celtics, the Celtics dispatch uh, with Giannis, creating a, a wide open throne for somebody to take in this year's uh, NBA playoffs. Um, and here the Heat are again yeah. against the Celtics. Good team. And they faced each other three straight playoff seasons. Twenty ten, Celtics took care of business and led to the Heat to say, "We got to do something better here." So let's tune in to ESPN and watch LeBron talk to Jim Gray. 
And that's what happened. That, that and then Chris Bosh shows up. <laughs> and everybody's taking their talents to South Beach. Well, Bosh was there before LeBron. Well, what I'm just saying is everybody's taking their talents to South Beach. I mean, we've been there. I can't blame them. And, it's a fun place. and that's the way the Heat turn around and beat Boston in the 2011 yeah. playoffs. And then 2012 was the mother of all series. It was that seven-gamer in the Eastern Conference Finals in which the Celtics took a three games to two lead after falling down 0-2, won three in a row, and then had the chance to close out the Heat in uh, in Boston. And LeBron came up with 45 and 15 in Game 6 to force Man, a Game 7, which the Heat the won. Well, especially since <laughs> that's what uh, eventually um, – sent Ray Allen into free agency and he took the three-year deal for Miami instead of the two-year deal from Boston. And we all know it took years and years up until this past year to clean that up, uh, that mess up on, on aisle uh, KG. So um, (laughs) that's, that's, I mean, that's what's all playing out. And the aforementioned Chris Bosch is going to join us at the top of our number two to stroll down memory lane. Another very underrated NBA. Now, we have not spoken to Chris since he went into the Basketball Hall of Fame and actually did something in his acceptance speech that we told him to do. RES Consulting. RES Consulting. Maybe this could be, this is at the top of our of our, I guess, our PowerPoint presentation to all well, perspective uh, that, that and LaDainian Tomlinson's uh, well, Hall of Fame. If, bottom line, we, oh, yeah. we, yeah. we said, hey, when you reveal your bust, instead of just down. lifting yeah, the blanket off the bust, you should teardrop it off. He did that. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Chris Bosch told us the story about when he went to Miami first to sign with Miami and join the Heat. He said that uh, Pat Riley took some rings out and gave him a championship ring. Out of a Crown Royal bag. Out of a Crown Royal bag. <laughs> Should have brought that in. Out Dinkers. of a felt Crown Royal bag <laughs> and gave and gave it to Bosch to basically say, hey, you're going to win one of these here and gave him a championship ring. And he and? had not given it back. And he said, <laughs> give it back to Riley when he's sitting there watching you accept your speech in the Hall of Fame. He did that. Great. Argus Consultant. That's us. So Chris Bosch is going to be joining us in, as we all know, game one of the Western Conference Finals between the Warriors and John Sally, our third-hour guest's choice to make the NBA Finals, if not win it all, the Dallas Mavericks and Luka Doncic. That'll be tomorrow night on TNT. Tonight's on the worldwide leader in sports game one. Yes, sir. Guys, who is handling the bookkeeping accounting for RES Consulting? Because I have not seen any type of cash flow coming oh. in. I know we've been putting in work. Great question. Uh, Mike, is that you? I, I, don't, I, don't, I no. think that's Mike. No. I think that's I Mike. Know. I don't know. We're we'll going to get on that because we're giving out free. So that's what's going on in the world of uh, the association. Um, and uh, uh, also because uh, nothing's really uh, burst to the scene in Patrick Beverly's second day of residency on Get Up. <laughs> so uh, we'll Russell see what residency? happens there. That's tough. <laughs> That's not as good as it, today was he and JJ kind of kind of teaming up on Stephen A a little bit I think. Well, so. at any rate, uh, we'll keep an eye on all things uh, NBA throughout this program. Chris Bosch, that'll be a fun yeah. one for us in in our number uh, two of this program. The other story that's going on in the in the NFL um, is is Deshaun Watson is meeting with the NFL or they with him. I guess, what, post-Bahamas? He's going to the Bahamas with his Browns teammates to go have a team-building, chemistry-building Bahama workout. 
Um, and uh, I don't know if Baker didn't have the invite or he got the invite, and he's like, now nah, pass. You know, yeah, or Baker's having his own thing. You know, but Baker should just have his own thing where, I mean, I don't know, the Maldives, the Baker, the Baker Mayfield Maldives workout. And, hey, Rich, are you saying that he should do it at the same time so the teammates yeah, have to choose? At the same time. Yeah, I got to choose. Yeah. You got to choose, too. Line in the sand. Yeah, he's going to the Bahamas. I'll take you to the Maldives. Who's coming with me? Anybody who's coming with me? So, you know, um, <laughs> the news is is that Deshaun Watson is meeting with the NFL, and, and that's leading everyone to think that, okay, something's going to come from the NFL shortly that makes us all look at the Browns' schedule a little differently to find out exactly when Deshaun Watson's going to be missing football games, a suspension coming. We have no idea when it's coming, if it's coming at all. But as the Cleveland Browns still have Mayfield on their roster, which is something that I thought would happen up to the draft, and I thought sometime during the draft, a team that did not choose a quarterback in the draft would go ahead and acquire Baker Mayfield. That didn't happen. We're all wondering what, as I've said over and over and over again, what is the Browns' plan for Baker Mayfield? And I keep hearing from many different parts of the media landscape as well as the NFL media landscape perhaps the Browns plan is to hold on to Mayfield and have him either go to a spot where a team suddenly needs him because of a catastrophic injury to their quarterback placing in jeopardy their Super Bowl hopes for a season and thus just add Baker and boom, we get our value or at least close to some value for Baker. He gets a new spot and everybody's happy. But barring that unfortunate, very rare head of a pin type of scenario, maybe they hold on to him in case Deshaun Watson gets suspended and you've got a guy who knows the offense and knows the team and they know him and and he'll and he'll he'll have no choice but to do it because it's his best way to show everyone a he's still a gamer he's a competitor and he's got it and i keep saying when i hear that scenario no chance or as baker might say it or the kids might say it in five letter five letters <laughs> gtfoh <laughs> Because he's already said his Cleveland farewell to Cleveland, front-loading his farewell to Cleveland before the Browns ever said farewell to him. And that Cleveland missive, dear Cleveland, it just said, Cleveland. Cleveland. That happened while Watson was rejecting the Browns leading us all to think he was going to go to either Atlanta or New Orleans. And that led to a 24-hour period where the Browns were saying, well, Baker's still our guy. We're going to reach out to him and put Humpty Dumpty back together again for his fifth year without an any guaranteed years after that. And he said those five letters to anybody in the media who would listen. Then. So I guess everybody thinks... He'll remove those five letters when he has no choice but to do this or sit at home. And again, I don't know the guy. I've interviewed him. I've heard about him. I've caped for him. Rex. You love him like a son. But I'm just a sin- well, I don't stepson. Know. 
If that is, then there is no iPad time for that guy. <laughs> Sorry, I'm in a, I'm in that oh, mode. Oh, uh, at any rate, so <laughs> I don't know why anybody would think that Baker would reverse his approach, since that's the approach, the planting of the flag that gets him his Heisman and his first overall draft choice, and and plus he already showed Cleveland, I'm here for you. I'm going to play through an injury. And we all can agree that was a massive mistake. Massive mistake. After he hurt one shoulder and then J.J. Watt took care of the other shoulder. And he stepped, He kept playing even though he missed a Thursday night game. And I guess he saw Case Keenum win one. He's like, I'm not going to go do, watch him take my job. I got to get back there. And he did not perform consistently enough, well enough, mistake-free enough for this team to overcome it because the defense wasn't as good as it was the year before either. Let's not forget, it's not just him that caused the Browns to miss the playoffs last year. Why would he put himself in that position again? Okay, let's just place the scenario that the GTFOH guy suddenly goes to an ashram and he's hanging out with Don Draper and Will Smith and they all come back and they're just different people now and they're all chill. It's all kumbaya. Let's just assume he does take that approach. And then week two hits and he gets hurt. Is he going to fight through the pain now again because he's got to show he's a gamer, he's got to show he's a competitor after he did that the previous year? And you saw what happened, and now this is one of those supposed auditions to show everybody how good he can possibly be, knowing that Deshaun Watson's coming back in four weeks anyway for a team that had went and gave him all that guaranteed money. What do you think he's going to say? Hell no. What would you say? Hell no. But now it'll be viewed as, he's not a competitor. What's he showing people? What's supposed to happen? Teams like four and, four and two, five and one? That's his best case scenario. And then all of a sudden, everybody's going to want him at the trade deadline. And then he'll have to show up, learn a new offense in the middle of a season. And then all of a sudden, that's the new audition for a new job. Like that's his best case scenario. Or does he just sit at home and collect his check and show up somewhere else where everyone wondering about Baker Mayfield and what he can be and perhaps reading into him only the positive aspects of things, which is exactly the scenario that Everybody thought he should be in now because he should have sat out last year when he got hurt. So we're telling him, you know what? You should have sat out last year. You'd have been better off. But this year, you should play. You should actually put your body at at risk for a team that already told you we're done. G-T-F-O-H. With that. Get out of here. I'll talk about it with Chris Long when he joins us on this program. I'm going to clean it up a little bit because Jim Nance is about to join us. <laughs> Hello, friends. Uh, we're going to talk to him about the schedule. He loves going over the schedule, and I love going over the NFL schedule with him after it has been released. We couldn't get him on last week due to other commitments. He's joining us today before he heads off to Tulsa for a PGA championship. Oh, can't wait. Uh, uh, for which the defending champion is not there. Hmm. And we all know why. And part of the reason why we all know why, or the large reason we all know why, is because of a new book called Phil, and the writer of Phil, Alan Shipnuck, will join us 
from the PGA Championship. I can't get enough of these excerpts, man. <laughs> so, because they're all like... They're crazy. What? Yeah, it's they're nuts. It's really nutty, to say the least. But let's take a break. Jim Nance will join us. The voice of the NFL on EBS will join us next here on this edition of The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Rich Eisen show back here on our terrestrial radio outfit. One big happy simulcam, simulcast family. Uh, joining us here on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line. I love going over the schedule this, this guy because we share we just share our love for the of, of the minutia of it. And uh, he's also getting set to call the PGA Championship on CBS. The lead voice of the NFL on CBS, our good friend Jim Nance back here on the Rich Eisen show. How are you doing, Jim? I'm doing just super. Thank you for breaking down the schedule. It's a magnificent schedule at that. You're right. We've got a lot of Bengals, a lot of Bills, a lot of Chiefs. There's not a bad week in there. You didn't mention, by the way, I don't believe you did, that we have the Bucks and the Rams, which is a playoff rematch and one of those uh, same cross-flex games that we get these days where we are able to trade back and forth with the Fox broadcasting system a game from their package over to ours and in return we send them one or two as well so yeah it's good i can't wait but i'm all golf this week it's the second major of the year i know we're here to talk football but uh i'm gonna put my 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 golf hat aside and uh let's go okay and then i'll uh well and then you'll pick up that golf hat uh shortly because again uh, as you just pointed out um you know major championship week um, the the NCAA tournament was as exciting as ever, and it was terrific. And you get to do so many great things for 
uh, the Tiffany Network. Where does Bill's Chiefs, that divisional game, rank in terms of what you hear from fans or friends to call you up and, and talk about, Jim? Most, most were saying that it was the best game they had ever seen. Now, I know we all get caught up in recent happenings being the best, the worst, or the most something. It always is uh, fresh in our minds, and it usurps everything else that came before it. But listen, I've been doing it for a long time. The NFL and college football at CBS going back to 1985. I've never seen a game like that. Mm. Uh, it, it was just storybook. And all those touchdowns scored inside the last two minutes of regulation to bring this game to overtime. And, of course, there was the outcry at the end of the game. I felt like we kind of led uh, that discussion because right on the spot we got into the fact that Buffalo never had a chance to have a possession. I don't know how you feel about this. We've discussed it before. But it did create change in the offseason for postseason overtime games. Anyway, short of it is week six. They'll meet again at Arrowhead. I hope they pick up right where they left off, and uh, I can't wait to see it, the whole thing. Yeah, and, and you know, um, the the CBS football package has been for quite some time closely associated with the American Football Conference, and as you pointed out, you've got uh, Bucks rams on CBS. So we call that in the television business, I guess, a cross-flex game in a way where yeah. – and, and we're seeing more and more of that. But still, it's a predominant AFC package. Deepest conference we've ever seen, right? Wouldn't you say? I think right so, now? because you know, the league, as you know, Rich, really more than ever is about the quarterback position. And it's a damn near monopoly right now on young quarterbacks uh, on the AFC side. And as I discussed last week on, on, on the schedule show, uh, we imported two two prominent quarterbacks from the NFC, if you will, during the offseason, and that would be Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan, both of whom have uh, played in Super Bowls. You know, Russell, of course, has won one. Matt almost had one. Uh, and they're going to come in and have prominent roles and have a chance to lift their respective new teams, the Broncos and the Colts, to great heights. And they join this plethora of young talent like Josh and Patrick, we just spoke of uh, with Bills and, and Chiefs, and you know Deshaun Watson is going to be back at some point. Lamar and um, I think Justin Herbert's the most under-discussed superstar in waiting that there is in the league. I, I think watching him play, it's breathtaking. I think he might have more talent than anybody. So it, it, it's um, it's going to be fun, and I. It's just it's amazing the way the quarterback position, especially on the AFC side, has been loaded up over recent years. So where it's it's set up the next decade and beyond to be magical. Right, and then the uh, best receiver in the game uh, was imported from the NFC as well, sitting out there in Las Vegas right now, and Devonte Adams and and Randy Gregory gets imported from Dallas to to Denver and. Um, Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack. Mack comes from Chicago back to the AFC, AFC side. So, so you're going to be spending a lot of time, I imagine, uh, Mountain uh, Time Zone and West. I'd imagine. I, this, you know, that's what I thought. That's the only thing that uh, is a bit baffling to me, just the way the schedule worked out. You can't get everything you want, but I thought we would have uh, week after week of of AFC West matchups, 
and it doesn't really reflect that. Now, all of this is subject to change, but there's not really a bad matchup, at least going in. You know, somebody's going to end up at the bottom of that division. But that is that division, I've never seen anything quite like it. The way everyone loaded up on talent, whether through the draft or free agency or through trades. And you know, at this point, you, you think every one of those divisional matchups in the AFC West should be, should be great. Um, but I don't see right now that uh, Tony and I will have any of those divisional games. <gasps> no. That doesn't mean they, that won't change, and that doesn't mean they're not going to be prominently played in, in big window spaces, but uh, it's just, you know, we've got Dallas twice, Green Bay twice. Hmm. Um, this is honestly is part of the reason why I, I, I made the move to spend most of my year in Nashville, Tennessee, because first off, I love the people here. They're extraordinary. And secondly, is the travel is so much easier for me. It's just for whatever reason, the way our games get networked, it's a predominant Eastern and Central time zone package when you're talking about the A game and the doubleheader game. It's always been that way. And I lived out in California full-time for 10 years, and if I got one game a year in California, I, I felt like I was fortunate. I don't understand why it works out that way, but it does. And, um, you know, we got two Tampa Bay games this year. I'm in their schedule. I can't gripe about it. But it is not a West Coast-based schedule for whatever reason. Well, and it's uh, you do have Christmas out here in Los Angeles with Russell Wilson visiting the Rams. <laughs> that is that's on. I your... haven't quite discussed that one fully with my my young kids. As you know, I have <laughs> I have three children, and two of them um, still very much believe in Santa. So uh, I saw you uh, last week talking to uh, Stafford, uh, Matthew Stafford, yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> And I've got them in the same boat. I don't know how we're going to solve that one, but that will be a great game. You know, that will that that's an exciting matchup to have. Four thirty Eastern on Christmas Day, Denver and the Rams. You know that that game should hold up and be very meaningful. Come yeah. December twenty fifth. Yeah, it'll be it'll be difficult to explain to your kids why Santa looks a lot like Aaron Donald or or Sean McVay. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well, I don't think they'll be making the traveling squad uh, for that game. I don't think you'll root your kids from your uh, decorated home and all the excitement and the countdowns and the uh, you know the elf on the shelf and all this. I don't think I can. I don't think I can slide the calendar either. So I'm still trying to come up with some clever ways. Hey, I don't want to miss it. I got to be honest. I mean, of course, I want to do the game and I will do the game. Right. But when you have kids that are you know under ten years old, six and eight in my case. Um, those are really special, important family days. So I'm going to figure out a way to reroute it somehow. Did you hear what Stafford said? He's Stafford, because I asked him if he was going to just bust out like the Thanksgiving family playbook, because he had to do that for about 10, 12 years, right? The Thanksgiving Day, Stafford, play football, and still have a a holiday playbook. And he said he was trying to figure out a way to make sure his kids thought uh, Christmas was coming on the 26th. I don't well, know. at least he's home. You know, like I heard him talking about it, but at least it's a home game. And I know that they'll stay in a hotel, presumably, on Christmas Eve night, but the game will be over at 4.30 West Coast time. Mm. Uh, you know, let's, let's do a little media, let's shower up, and let's get in the car and probably be <laughs> home by 6.30 to 7, so you can still salvage it. Uh, on, on my end, uh, that's going to be a... Uh, a harder harder nut to solve, but we'll figure it out. Jim Nance here on the Rich Eisen Show. Before we turn to golf, one, one last uh, question about broadcasting. And 
and having a uh, a partner like you have in Tony Romo. And I, I just remember when Romo uh, joined CBS and was going to join you in the booth, a lot of people were wondering how good he would be at it because the Romo that we saw deal with the Dallas media was the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys dealing with the Dallas media, which is don't say much, don't give him anything, and realize that some people are coming at you with with uh, some questions that you might not like. And, and everybody thought, like, that would be the Romo to show up next to you. And then a dynamic announcer with a goofy side and a funny side showed up. Now, I think a lot of people are subscribing a similar thing to Brady. Um, and I, I figured I'd, I'd ask you what you think the challenges are for Tom Brady as somebody who's seen him uh, in many a pre-production meeting, perhaps be uh, somebody other than the Brady that the rest of the public gets to see. And your two cents on Tom Brady getting ready to um, take a significant role in the broadcasting business when he's ready. Uh, first off, I know Tom really well. He's a friend, and I've done over 100 of his games, more than anybody by about 40-something games, I believe. Al will be somewhere in the 60-something number of games. only know this because the Boston Globe wrote about it a year ago. But uh, he'll be very well prepared. That that, that goes without saying. Uh, his analytical brain, when you sit in a production meeting and you hear what it is that's going on in his mind and what he sees, uh, I, I know he's going to be able to articulate that. I think he'll be very good. Uh, I don't have any question about it. I did not think this was something that he would want to do at the end of his career, interestingly. I, I, I didn't see it coming. I thought that... Um, when the playing days were over, he, he, you know, he might want to get involved in some sort of, um, you know, film production and some behind-the-scenes things like that. But uh, I, I'm thrilled that he's going to have a voice in the sport. And I think what's happened here recently is that everyone's realized that that platform, being an elite analyst on one of the very few, you know, handful of packages in the NFL, it's a big deal, and you are extremely relevant. And people are listening to everything you say. And Tom will be up to the challenge. There's no question about it. Yeah, and plus he's got, I mean, what a wealth of <laughs> of experience and uh, and knowledge that he can he can communicate. And I guess that's the issue, is, is how to communicate it and when to communicate it. And Romo seemed to step right into that role with you. Um, and you still know, has. I, I've said this, and I've, I know who they are, but in that summer of 2017, as we were working practice games together, including three preseason games on site, and no one was being exposed to the to the video, the tapings that were being shipped back to the headquarters in New York. Those were guarded very carefully. We wanted his debut to be a real debut without anybody pirating anything that we were working on, practicing and rehearsing. And, and then we did other games inside of a studio, just calling games off of a screen and trying to simulate it to be as real as possible. I never had a doubt that he would be an absolute genius at this. Um, I had a friendship with Tony that went back many years before the arranged marriage by CBS to put us in the booth together. <laughs> um, he he uh, I'd had uh, the pleasure of his company many times, off-site at golf events or uh, at dinners or a Final Four or playing in the tournament in Pebble Beach, and there was a friendship there. And I, I just knew the way Tony expressed himself, that he would be a natural. Now, as this all evolves over the summer of 17, I had a lot of uh, folks in the media who would call me up and say, how's he going to be? And I said, listen, you can be on the right side of history if you want. I guarantee you he is going to be a star. Now, if you want to hedge it because you don't believe it, 
because you have some other vision of him, what he's going to sound like or be like, then, hey, that's up to you. But if you want to be on the right side of history, I'm going to tell you right now, the guy's going to be in time. He might be the best that's ever done this. So I know it. I've only got 30 years of experience. So you can go with your hunch or you can go with my hunch. So it's up to you. If you want to write with a lot of doubt, well, that's, you know, that, 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 that's your prerogative. But if, if, you, if you really want to take – I'm not trying to sell you anything. I am, I'm, you got to listen to me. I am telling you the truth. He is going to be absolutely great at this from the first game. And I got to tell you, not one person took me up on that. Oh. Not one. Not one. Not one. I know who they are. And, you know, they, they, they hedged. And they jumped on board really fast, you know, for their expert analysis on it. But going into it, I, I, I had the inside track. I knew it before we even did a practice game. He was going to be a genius at it. So, um, And he did a lot of work, though, to understand the mechanics of it, the ins and outs, and how broadcasting works and all that. And I'm extremely proud of him. Um, I love working with him. And you know what the amazing thing is? Rich, we're going to year six. Mm. We are now the most tendered booth. That's right. For the lead broadcast Isn't that incredible? in the NFL. That is we're incredible. We're not we're we're not the newbies. We're we're the oldies. You're the, you're the old you're the OGs. Five years of experience now is the most tendered booth at each network's right number one team. So. Um, you know what? We're going to do this for a long time, too. We're and I, going to be together for many years, and we're, we're in place to do what we want to do and try to make our own mark. And we wish everybody well. I, 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 I know people trying to make this a competitive thing, but, you know, we got our own games to worry about and things like that. We're all really trying to present the NFL in the best possible light. So, you know, other broadcast teams, you know my friendships that are out there with other guys that are in lead roles. These are like lifetime special, real friendships. I don't pull against anybody. I'm not trying to outsmart, outdo this. We just want to be the best we can be. And I just like our situation of having the chance to go work 21 weeks a year together, having fun, conversing, uh, looking at one another face-to-face. I've never broadcast like this before. It's the way Tony likes to do it. Sure, the field is 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 right below us, but when we're actually talking to uh, on the air, our comments we're actually making eye contact. We're not looking down at the field without making eye contact. We're looking and angled at each other, and I think that's part of a little secret sauce, if you will. Most of the time, you kind of always have your eyes on the field. We have our eyes and our sight line, Rich. We have a whole row of like five monitors, so I can look at Tony and I can see a shot change just looking just off a little bit past his eye line. Same thing for him. He's angled at a 45-degree angle, and he can still see what's going on. And when the play starts, we turn our attention to the field. Mm-hmm. When the play is, we're looking at each other. Very, It's unique. It's a blast. I'm just uh, I'm just happy that the NFL is, is such a fun part of my life these days, and Tony's a giant reason why. It is. Uh, it is. Uh, it's going to be a great season, no doubt about it. And I appreciate you taking the time now. Certainly on a busy week for you. Before I let you go, you have any thoughts on uh, the PGA Championship? You're heading off to uh, Southern Hills CC mm-hmm. uh, today. Um, what, what What are your two cents on what to expect this week? 
Uh, it, it is, this course is going to show up. It's, it's, it's going to look like an incredible stage. I know that sounds a little weird, but if you're a golf guy or golf person, and you you get these major venues, and you get this excitement about man, wouldn't that be fun to go play there? I think there's going to be a whole new appreciation for this place called Southern Hills, which is rich in history. It's already had seven majors in its past, but it's going to be a little bit different after Gil Hans came in and changed it. We got Tiger feeling a lot better than he did as far as health and strength at Augusta a month ago. Um, I actually think he can contend. You know, we got Jordan Spieth has gone one two his last two starts, and the significance here, and it's a lot of significance. If he were to win here, it'd be just the sixth in history to win the career Grand Slam. You know, joining Tiger and Jack and Gary Player, Ben Hogan and Gene Sarazen, mm. the only five players have won all four legs of the Grand Slam. Jordan Spieth can enter that company with a win this week, and he seems to be primed to do that. Of course, you got Scotty Shepard who's having this season of all seasons for him. He's won four times, including the Masters. So I don't know. It should be great fun. Um, really looking forward to uh, to on for. Oh, and I look forward to having you call it. Hey, Jim, uh, my uh, my friend and producer, Chris Brockman, just got on my ear. I had no idea. Of course, you didn't mention it when we chatted yesterday. Today's your birthday. Happy birthday, yeah. Jim Nance. Well, my gosh, thank you. I wanted to spend my birthday. That's what I said. What to get a man who has everything for his birthday, an invitation to chat for 20 minutes on the Rich well, Eisen Show. get a That's guy it. like that. You know what? You get him an appearance on his buddy Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> But, hey, congratulations, Rich, to you and your whole team. Thanks. I know you all are going back to New York for the Emmys. Yep. And you know how vital every single person is to the success of this show. I think it's awesome, by the way, that everyone's going to go attend the Emmys next week. And I'll be pulling for all of you. Thanks, Jim. For, for the great work that you guys do. Well, Jim, you're uh, you're the best. Uh, I cherish that I get to call you a friend and be able to wish you a happy birthday personally. Thank uh, you. And you be well. Travel safe, and we'll chat soon. Thanks. Again. I look forward to it as always. Thanks so much. Okay. Goodbye, friend. I guess is the way to say it to uh, to Jim Nance, the one and only, Goodbye, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. How about that? It's a birthday. Sixty three years young, Jim Nance. Now, just as I told you, in twenty seventeen, <laughs> as he said, a bunch of people weren't going to take him up on how good Romo was going to be. What did I say on this show? That you didn't think he'd be good. Yeah, I mean, no. He, he, no. He, he. no. Rich said Romo was going to nail it. Actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yesterday's yeah. third-hour guest Steve Young and I yeah. did Rome, a yeah. Q and A yeah. chalk talk, as it's called, yeah. before the Super Bowl. Before Super Bowl Fifty, we were in a, a restaurant in San Francisco for our friends at Courtyard. Yeah. Me, Steve Young, and Tony Romo. And Tony was so good. That would have been 2016. This was um, right in 2016, but he was just about to go take a gig. Right. And um, or they were just about to draft Dak and he got hurt. I think that's what that was. This was going into what wound up being his final season. Yeah, 2016, he got injured in the preseason. Correct. This is when that was. And I remember he was not only so incredible at breaking down what Cam Newton's issues might be in this game and Peyton Manning towards the end of his career and what he used to be able to do and what he can't do now 
and how Carolina could exploit that, what Von Miller could do to distraught to make uh, to distress Cam Newton, all of those X's and O's. But on top of it, the way he explained it and was funny. I remember locking a, a glance with Steve Young at one point while Romo was doing his thing, and the glance was, "This guy, really? Hey. Look at this guy." We were we both like, "Oh my gosh, he can he can do this." So when it was announced that he was going to join Jim Nance in the booth, I'm like, "He's going to nail this." Yeah, I remember you saying, "Look that at, at that the video." Time, yeah, maybe we should repost that. Because anything that I'm right about should be reposted. <laughs> Stay humble, Rich. Stay humble. Well, it's hard when you're doing that on a jumbotron. <laughs> Rich, Eisen, Rich Eisen loves Rich Eisen. When you're stunting on a jumbotron, no Emmy peacock. in a week, I am not going to be humble. Oh, I know. No, he's not lying, Rich. Brockman and I together might be a little. I'm not going to seriously. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be on the show for a couple weeks. And we already know how Mike acts when he gets his heavy. So because I know what they're going to be like, and they're going to, and what they do to me because I've had multiple Emmys. What they bust my chops? Wait till if, oh my god, why would it be a negative? We all win. A negative for the fact of having to deal with. Can we be positive? You came on the air angry at people going after your hair. Not angry. Life is too good to be angry. My chops when I talk about. I want to. When you win, you're part of like a 50 person group. You know what I'm saying? See, this is exactly why. All right, let's take a break before this gets ugly. 844 rich Instead, instead, you know, we'll change the subject. We'll come back with and hit the subject matter that Del Tufo keeps saying off the air about him being faster than Lawrence Taylor. That's next on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Every golf equipment company claims to be longer off the tee, but Callaway's new Rogue ST driver is the only one built to completely bomb it. Speed tuned. That's the ST. 
to be Callaway's fastest, most stable driver ever. Every Rogue ST engineered with a new tungsten speed cartridge. Gives you more speed on off-center hits, provides more forgiveness thanks to high MOI. The Rogue ST Triple Diamond LS, that is the compact, low-spin head that the tour players love. You will see that in a handful of bags, to say the least, at Southern Hills Country Club in Tulsa, Oklahoma, for the PGA Championship this week. And as a matter of fact, uh, go to our Twitter account later on today at Rich Eisen Show. The four of us have uh, done what we did for the Masters. What we're going to do for every single major championship this year is have a, a Team Callaway draft. And whoever has the best average score of all of our drafted players for every single one of the majors uh, gets the most amount of uh, Chrome Soft golf balls for a putting contest on our putting surface here. That's the way we're going to roll on the master uh, from the major seasons. But uh, for this particular moment, make sure you check out to find out which Rogue ST driver fits your game best at CallawayGolf.com slash Go Rogue because Callaway has thought through every aspect of speed, so all you have to do is go rogue. 844-204-RICH, number to dial on the program. The stuff I hear from this chair <laughs> in commercial breaks and prior to the show, you would not believe. I am honored that we're Emmy nominated for what you do consume and you do hear. I proffer to say the competition would be over with all due respect to every single one of the other Emmy nominated daily shows up for the trophy next week. If you got what you hear, what I hear, off air. <laughs> Competition would be over. We'd already have a trophy in the case. <laughs> or right next to me right here. To wit. To I've it. been hearing the conversation between you guys for weeks now, and I'm like, when's the perfect time to bring it up? Today's now the time to pop it out of the back. <laughs> Mike Del Tufo, you say yes. that back in your day. When I was a in, really in Livingston, skinny, New Jersey, right? Good six-pack abs runner okay you're a shape. runner i was the epitome i finished number one on the police test in the physical test okay just and you had to run in that and do 40s and stuff just yeah. just yeah. like uh <laughs> i'm setting this just up. like george stone aka giuseppe from the uh from the untouchables <laughs> yes. you were you were you were the best in your class i was the best in my class okay. yes I, I, so okay so um, you claim what now? What I claimed, we had a talk, and Chris will set it up because he'll you know have that to set it. I think I've, I've set, set it up. We uh, talked about Lawrence Taylor. I don't know why I came up. Uh, we were, and yeah, we were and just, we just talking, talking about we TJ, talking, and I, yeah, I went, yeah. and I don't know why I came up, and I'm like, something, I don't know why somebody talked about speed. I'm like, he wouldn't have caught me when I was like a kid. Because he's one of the fastest around the it. edge ever. There's no question. So I mean, it's not Reggie White. Those guys, Deacon Jones, I might have been, Deacon Jones might have caught me, he's a little smart. But still, at the same time. Smarter than who? There's no way. I would have totally beaten him off the line. There's no way. I was 150 You would have beaten pounds. Lawrence Taylor off he the line. He caught me. I, I'm telling you, no one could catch me when I was a kid. Oh, no boy. one. No one. My brother Anthony, I would play with him and go, come on at me, and I'd run away from him. And he was, in, he was a lacrosse, all-state lacrosse player. My brother Frank couldn't catch me. I want my brother Frank to call. He'll tell you. I was one of the fastest kids around. That's all I could do was run mm -hmm. and, and roller skate. Well, both one of the best roller skaters and one of the best runners I know ever. Period. We would have, I'd have people try to catch me all the time. He would not have caught me. Lawrence Taylor 
Now, in his day, in his sprinter, Lawrence Taylor fast. in his rookie of the year day in New Jersey, the two of you were probably that's probably around the time where you were you were as good as now you're saying. rookie of the year. So you're saying right out of college, like he's right, coming we're in. saying you're no, yeah, Lawrence is. Taylor at his peak, Mike Del Tufo at his peak. Del Tufo has a faster burst than Lawrence Taylor, hundred percent. Now, do you have like a head start, or are you just yeah? You got to give me like I said, he couldn't catch me. To take that term. I'm not saying I would beat him in a race. He wouldn't have caught me. I would have gotten away from him. He wouldn't have tracked you down. He wouldn't have tracked me down. Like he did every single like quarterback. Panther, but the quarterbacks like a, like a, were... were, like, were uh, stationary. Stationary. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying I'm, I'm faster than him that way. I'm faster getting away from him. He would, And that is exactly what I said, Chris. You know I'm right. I, I said he wouldn't I, catch I, me. I, I believe you that's what you said. But the fact that you actually believe this... He doesn't oh, I totally believe do. He doesn't believe it. I do Chris. believe it. Remember nah. the actor Michael Vartan who he's been here before? I think he once upon a time said that he could have tackled Jerome Bettis from the 10-yard line coming in. See, that's Like crazy. at least one time out of 10, he would have been able to take out Jerome Bettis. That's crazy. But oh, you're not. But no, Mike. I'm not saying I can... Well, that's this of Chris Long in yeah, hour number two. That's else? for darn sure. And Chris Bosch coming up. Okay, so wait. We, you're at a starting line. Ready, Mike, go. 1,001, 1,002, and then Lawrence goes, you're not getting caught? No, I'm getting away from him. 100%. Because he's only got like five, or he's a bigger guy. He's only got like five, maybe ten seconds of speed. Mm -hmm. Then he's done. I'm gone. I'm already gone. Where are you going? I'm going to (laughs) keep running and he ain't going to catch me. It's not the destination, Chris. It's not the destination. When I was in my peak form, when I ran the New York City Marathon. What year was that? that, I told you, 83, 82. It was twice I did it. Getting back to my point, that was when I was at my peak form of running. Yes. And I was literally, and I say this, no one was faster than me, except for a couple kids on my team that that were on my lacrosse, I mean, on my, what do you call it? My uh, track team. Track team. Uh Uh-huh. My, my brother Anthony was in phenomenal shape at that point. Still couldn't catch him. I don't know how we can confirm this. How do we confirm? There's no this? way to do it. There's no <clears throat> way to tell it doesn't exist. All right, hold on a second. If you were so good, right? Yeah. Let's just let's just trust everything that you're saying. Okay. Which is if oh my you're God. so good, why aren't you coaching Rich to run the forty? Because I was not. I I don't consider myself a sprint. He's not, not a speed sprint. guy. No, I was, I was, yeah. He's but, a, he's a, but he's not a sprint. He's not a speed guy. He's an escape guy. I'm an escape guy. That's exactly he's an escape it. guy. He's a Houdini. I was the baby the Hood- in the family. He's I had to get Hood- away from everybody as a kid getting beat you're up. You're not a speed guy, but you're going to get away from LT? The, the no, Houdini no, 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 of no, no, Essex no. County. Oh, right your there. brother called in. Okay, he your did. Your brother Frank's called here. in. Hold on. He's on the phone We only have a minute to go here. We can't just pop him on. This is more than, like, we got the heart out. Yeah, Frank's got to hang. Sort of, sort of like LT back in the day. After now, fit, after twenty gonna, yards, he'd have that hard out. He's out and Del Tufo. Mike, he's gone. Is your brother in Ma, Chicago? No, he's not. He might be. Hold on a minute. All right, well, he's got. Frank's, a, he's got. Frank's charming. This is great. He's got, Frank's going to have to hold. Frank Frank's hates gonna you. Have though, to so Frank, you're going to have to hold. He hates you. He's, he's your gonna, brother. What are you talking about? He's going to make up fibs because he's going to say I didn't even run. You said have Frank call, and here's Frank. You literally said have my brother call it. Yeah, but if he's honest on the phone call, then I'll believe it. He's not going to be. I'll hang up on him if he talks. Oh, he's priming the pump here. No, because he doesn't just. How much older is Frank than you? Three years. Okay, he's a. So then he would know. This is great. This is great. I've never said this before as a tease. Chris Bosch, Chris Long, 
Frank Del Tufo <laughs> on Mike being faster than Lawrence Taylor. 